0: Good to see you in the house of the Lord. Why don't you turn to your neighbor, tell him this today, say you're lucky you got to sit by me again today. And I uh, always say, take a good look around on a three day weekend. If you look around church and somebody's there on Sunday morning on a three day weekend, these are the people that will make it to heaven from our church right here. So, so I, I think you're going to make it. I really do. And uh, I'm glad, I'm so glad to be here with you. Let's give every campus a big hand clap for being with us today. Welcome, Amarillo. Welcome, Henderson, Kentucky. Welcome, Dumas. We love you. We believe God's moving. We're, we're one church, many rooms. And and we're, we're just believing God for supernatural revival to come to America. We got great things in store this week, and I believe great things in store for the next few minutes where we're together. Let, let's do this. Let's, let's welcome the presence of God. Let Him know we're serious about hearing from Him, hearing His Word today. Let, let's just welcome Him. Father, right now we welcome You. and We thank You that our ears are open, our hearts are open. We lean into the presence and the power of God. We thank You for supernatural revival. Let it hit this church. Let it hit our life. Do what only you could do, exceedingly abundantly above all we could ask, think, or imagine and the church said amen. If you have your Bible on you this morning, I want you to open it up to Acts chapter 1. Go to Acts chapter 1. Last week was Pentecost Sunday, and we started preaching about the power of Pentecost. And I believe that we still have the power of Pentecost in our church and in our life, because we have the same Holy Spirit today that they had 2,000 years ago. Come on, church, we've got the same Jesus that they came 2,000 years ago to read about in the Bible. We have the same Father, God. He has not changed. And so, We still have the power of Pentecost in our midst. Now, I want you to see what Jesus said about it and what the Bible says about it. So, if you got your Bible open, Acts chapter 1, verses 4 through 8, it says this. It says, being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of... Of the Father, which he said, You have heard from me, for John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, "It is not for you to know times or seasons which the Father has put in His own authority, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, and in all Judea and Samaria, and to the end of the earth." Amen. Amen. And amen. So here is Jesus. He, he calls his disciples together. He's got them together. And they're in a they're in a, a, a kind of teaching session. Maybe. Kind kind of like what we're in right now. And uh, he starts talking to them. he, he, He brings up John. He says, John truly baptized with water. All right, if you haven't been baptized in water after you receive Jesus, you need to take the next step in your faith and be water baptized. How many of y'all enjoy seeing people get water baptized, man? I love to see people take that next step and say, hey, I'm going public with my faith. So what is baptism like? Baptism is this, you take the person, you put them all the way under the water, you don't hold them down there too long, right? It's about life, not death. You pull them back up and it shows, hey, I I died with Jesus, was placed in the tomb, and on the third day, Resurrected, now I got resurrection power in me. And and, and I'm telling you, if you're born again, if you've called on the name of Jesus, if you if you've been water baptized, you 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 have the Holy Spirit now living on the inside of you. How many of y'all believe that Jesus is your Messiah? Let me see your hand right there. All right. Say this out loud. Say, I am the temple of the Holy Spirit. Let's say it again. I am the temple of the Holy Spirit. Say it one more time like you really mean it. I am the temple. Of the Holy Spirit. All right, so so Jesus is talking about water baptism with John in this text. Then he goes on and he says, John baptized with water. Says, but you're gonna be baptized in something else. You're going to be dipped in or immersed or, or or plunged under in something else. You're going to be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. What does it mean to be baptized? To, to, to get something dipped in it. This morning, I, I put on a, a nice brand new white shirt. Bought it yesterday just to preach in it to you this, this day. Yesterday, I went out and I, I bought this shirt. It was on sale because it's a three-day weekend. But I was kind of proud. You know, you get a new shirt, you, you want to put it on. My dad used to say, like this he would say off the rack and on my back whenever he got new clothes right it's like I want to put that thing on me but I, I was driving over and I had a coffee black coffee uh drink black coffee because I'm a full grown man no cream no sugar amen and and I take my first drink and what do I do I baptize my brand new white shirt in coffee has anybody else ever been there on the way to somewhere and it's, so it's like all right I got to change it all up now um, listen, it's being immersed in something. Jesus is trying to tell his disciples, do you you want to change the world? You want to be my messengers? You want to be like me? There's something coming that God's going to place all over you. He's going to soak you in it. He's going to cover you in it. He's going to put you under it. You're going to be baptized in the power of the Holy Spirit. Come on, I believe in America what we need more than anything else is we need a fresh baptism in the power of the Holy Spirit. Can I get an amen out there? That's what we need. And so they try to get Jesus off track he's talking about the Holy Spirit and they start talking about the end times they know at this point they're in they're in a weird place in the world they they're, they're, they're um, Jewish believers living in Israel but Israel wasn't under Jewish control it's under Roman control and it was one of the strongest globalist movements the empire of Rome that's ever happened in history I mean, it was was Pax Romana, the rule of Rome. You can still go over there today, and you can find a road that Rome laid all over the world. It's still setting. Go out in the desert and dig for it. You can find it. There was a language that covered the land. Roman soldiers had dominated Israel, and so they've been oppressed by them. And they knew in their theology that Messiah would come back, and he would restore Israel unto its rightful place. Now, I'm telling you, Messiah is coming back in the future, and there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth in a new Jerusalem how many are ready for Jesus to come back because he is the Messiah I say come quickly Lord Jesus come on back we're ready so that he says uh, they say to him at this time is is the time now right now in America people ask me all the time pastor is that are these the end times is this it is this the end? How close are we? They 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 want they want me to tell them. And, and you know, you know, I, I'm gonna tell you the date when Jesus has come back, but you'll have to be here next week. No, I'm lying. I'm not gonna tell you that. I don't know. Why? Because Jesus said this said, no man knows the hours or the time or the day. It's not mine to know. So you never know, but you can see signs of his coming. So what do I think about it? I think we're closer now than we were yesterday. Can I get an amen? It makes sense, right? And I think the things you see happening in the world, we see them. Prophesied about, talked about in the scripture. I think the time is speeding up. I do believe the time is getting late. You look at the globalist push, you look at the lockdown, you look at the persecution of the church, you look at some of the technology that's been created in the earth earth recently, you look at talk, this should uh um really should concern every person. When you start seeing talk of global vaccine passports. Where they can track where you are, what you've had, where you've been. To get into somewhere else, you have to have a certain sign of approval from the government. Right now, I read this last week where those that have been vaccinated with what they want you to be vaccinated from with a disease with a 99.8% survival rate, that that if you go to the concert, a concert, if you've been vaccinated, it costs like this little amount of money. If you haven't been vaccinated, it's this large amount of money. How many know that sounds a lot like pushing towards a technology we've read about in the end times called the mark of the beast, doesn't it? So do I think we're getting closer? Yeah. Do I know that this is it? No, I don't. But that same spirit that's been around for years and years called the spirit of Antichrist. John talked about it. It's been working for 2,000 years looking for a time to rear its head. But here's what I know. As the days get darker and the end approaches, I believe the light gets lighter and the power of God starts falling and the church rises up. And we get stronger then than we were in the past. Amen? There's a separation too. the wheat and the tares, the sheep and the goats. You'll be able to tell who's who when real persecution hits a church and a movement. So is now the end time? I don't know. I'll say what Jesus said. It's not for man to know, but the Father knows. Then he takes them right back. See, they want to know if it's the end time, and all he does when they start asking about the end time, he points them to the power of God that's coming. He says, it's not your time to know that, but you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. So what is the answer to all the problems in the earth? What is the answer to the darkness? What is the answer to all these things we see that are concerning? I'm telling you the answer. I know the answer. He is a person called the Holy Spirit. If you receive him in fullness, you shall receive power to be a witness and to live like Jesus on the earth and to become more like him come on give God a hand clap for the power of the Holy Spirit at every campus we ought to lift our voice and thank our God that we got the power of God in us we are not alone can I get an amen out there so if you go over to Acts chapter 2 you see the fulfillment of the promise says this Acts chapter 2 verse 1 says this it says when the day of Pentecost had fully come they were all with one accord in one place and suddenly, come on, somebody say suddenly, there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, one set upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. They believe what Jesus said in Acts chapter one. There's 120 of them in an upper room gathered together, waiting on the fulfillment of the promise. And then the power of God falls in them, on them. The the room supernaturally fills up with a wind. There's a wind blowing. Man, there's a stirring in the room. Then these fire-like manifestations start coming on people's heads. The fire of God comes into the room. The Bible says they were all. It doesn't say some of them. It doesn't say a few chosen ones. It doesn't say the really spiritual ones. It doesn't say the, the ones that have walked with the Lord enough. It doesn't say the ones that were holier than the other people. It doesn't say the ones that didn't, you know, drink or smoke. Uh, uh, they, they got it. it. didn't say that. It said they were all. F- Come on, somebody say all filled. Come on, say all fields. See, a lot of people think they gotta be good enough or smart enough or whatever enough for God to use you. God wants to help you right where you are, regardless of your imperfections, and lift you higher. Come on, the Holy Spirit wants to make us more like Him. Stop disqualifying yourself to be used by God. God has chosen you, appointed you, anointed you. That's why you're in this room. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Then what happened? The Bible says they began to speak with other tongues. It's what the English says. In the Greek, it's the word glossolalia, and it means unknown languages. There were were languages they didn't know. Uh, Were they ones from from, uh, nations around them? Yes. Paul also said, though I speak with the tongues of men and angels, might be an angelic language, might be a dead language, who knows what kind of language it is. But says they all were filled with the Spirit, began to speak with an unknown language. As the Spirit gave them the utterance, they began to speak the words come to them in the heart by the Spirit, and they speak it out. I had a, a pastor I used to work for years and years ago, ministered a lot in Russia. It's funny how the Spirit will, will partner with you, your thoughts and what you're doing. And he was sitting in the back of a car, had a driver in Moscow. And he was thinking, I'm bored, you know, I'm bored back here, I'm so bored. That's what he was thinking, he's so bored, he's with some guys, you know, uh, been there forever. You get on the other side of the planet, you're, you're, you know, you're all off kilter. And he said, so I decided I would pray in the Spirit. He started talking in an unknown tongue. And the driver turned around a minute later. He said, Do you know what you're saying in Russian back there? He said, No, what am I saying? He said, You're saying I'm bored, I'm bored, I'm bored, I'm bored. In Russian. Always oh, thought that was a funny story. So he had an unknown language. He didn't know what it was talking about. He was saying what he was thinking out loud, and the Russian right there heard it. So those kind of signs happen. But that language is given for more than that, it's given so you can have a way to pray. The Bible says I I, I can't always pray the way I should because of my weaknesses, because of my, my willpower. What I want, my will, how many all would agree that sometimes you want things that aren't the best for you? Can I get an amen out there? How many are glad sometimes God didn't, didn't answer some of the dumb prayers you prayed? Can I get an amen? Huh? Or answer them the way you wanted them answered, I should say. All right But he, he, the, the Bible says Romans 8:28, but the Spirit of God makes intercession for us with languages that cannot be intelligently articulated. All right, here's what happens power of God falls. They're all baptized. They're placed under the, the power of the Holy Spirit. They get this new language comes out of them. They have this experience encounter with God. There are people watching. Read the rest of Acts chapter 2 when you get home, and they start making fun of them. There are people that hear what happened. They come, and they say, man, these people are crazy. They say they're drunk. It's not even late in the day. They're already, they're already ripped. They're You know, if you're going to be a charismatic that believes the Bible for what it is, wall to wall, and you're not going to pick and choose, there are some people that are going to make fun of you, make fun of your standards, make fun of your beliefs, make fun of who you are. They're not going to like your morality anymore in America, but I'm telling you, if the Word of God says it, right is right, wrong is wrong, what's written is written, and we're not going to change the Word for any man, any woman, or any person that would poke fun of us, because let God be true, and every man a liar. And come on, we believe in the power of God and I don't care what they say about us I've read the Bible I've experienced what's in the Bible I believe the Bible more than I care about what a critic has to say about about what I believe about Jesus and 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 his church and his word so they all get filled with the spirit and things change for them When the Spirit of God shows up, when Pentecost shows up, things change. Why? Because people get empowered. Let me show you some things that change. When the Holy Spirit falls, what what happens to the church? Uh, um, uh, it, It turns people's failures into successes. Turns their failures into successes. Think about Peter, the Apostle Peter. Peter messed some stuff up. He's there with Jesus. He's always running off at the mouth. He's always saying the wrong thing. You know, he can't help himself. He gets trapped all the time. And finally, Jesus prophesies to him the night that he's going to be taken away. He says, before the cock crows, you're going to deny me three times. Peter says, Lord, I'll never deny you. Well, Jesus is taken away, and what does Peter do? He has a cussing fit. And he denies Jesus. Those of you that had a cussing fit this week, I've got good news. There's hope for you. You can still be powerfully used by, by God. Can I get an amen out there, right? So so Peter denies Christ. Everybody thinks it's over for Peter. Man, people are writing about him. Peter's washed up. Peter's over. Peter's already, already messed up. He denied Jesus. Did what what he said he would never do. Tell me, no, even though it looked like a failure to the world, the power of the Holy Spirit can turn that around, turn it into to a success. Peter stands up on the day of Pentecost, they're making fun of what's happened, and he uses it as an opportunity to preach Jesus to the crowd. First day Peter preaches Jesus, 3,000 people get saved. Come on, the power of God can turn your past failures into success, into a success through the power of your testimony. I declare in your life, I declare in this church, I declare over our kids, come on, I declare in our marriages, I declare in our families that God's Power is going to turn our failures into future successes. Come on. Somebody give God a hand clap if you believe that. By the power of the Holy Spirit. Well, second obvious thing, whenever they're empowered, people start to receive Christ. They get born again. Tell you, I I said this last week. I'll say it again. so I I want people to get it. Why does it matter that we're baptized in the Holy Spirit? We're already saved. Spirit of God's in us. Well, yeah, that, that takes care of us. Tell me, no, there's a dying, hurting world out there that needs the message of Jesus. And if I can be empowered to reach them better, I should receive that. Can I get an amen out there, right? How many of y'all want to see your, your, your loved ones, your coworkers? Come on, that, that lost kid in your life, you want to see them come to Christ. Man, before I was baptized in the Holy Spirit, I don't know if I want anybody to the Lord. Maybe, maybe a few when I was a kid somewhere w- uh, with the church that, that my mom went to. But after I received the baptism in the Spirit, since then, I've seen thousands and thousands of people get born again. I've seen 5,000 saved at one time. Come on, God can use you to win your neighbor, to win your family members, to win the people you work with if you'll receive the power of the Holy Spirit. You, you can be used like that. Second thing, third thing I'll say... Is, is Holy Spirit empowerment turns your fear into faith. It'll help turn your fears into faith. The Bible says you can build yourself up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. We got a song we, we've sang with our children for years. It's a cool song, and it, it's got all these chants and stuff, but, but Here's the the, the real essence of the song, is that the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost will take the chicken out of you. That's the song. We got so many church folk that are afraid now. They're afraid to say something that doesn't line up with culture. Come on, they're, they're afraid that they're going to lose their job because of their beliefs here or there. They're afraid to tell their family members that they're, they're a Bible-believing Christian anymore. They say right now, we've been so afraid to, to say what we really believe. In America right now, Barna does all this research about our worldview. They say of Americans, only 6% of Americans now have a biblical worldview. Now, how did we get there where only 6% of Americans have a biblical worldview? We got there because somebody was full of fear to speak out. So the world doesn't want you talking about Jesus and the devil doesn't want you talking about Jesus. Now, I'll tell you, people around you may not want you talking about Jesus, but the Holy Spirit will empower you and give you faith instead of fear to talk about Jesus. And when we talk about Jesus, it changes the atmosphere. That's what the Holy Spirit is here to do. It changes the atmosphere. Tell you what, the Holy Spirit will take your character, and make it more Christ-like. It'll take your character. He'll take your character. He's a person. And he'll make it more Christ-like. The Bible says we're being conformed to the image of Christ. Every day, little by little, bit by bit, piece by piece. How many know there's no perfect people in this room? Can I get an amen out there? Some of you live with them. You know they're not perfect, right? No perfect people in this room. But I'll tell you what, the Bible says we're being perfected. How are we being perfected? Well, the word of God's washing us. Right now, when we when we read through the word, when we're when we're taught the word, we're being washed. The Holy Spirit is speaking to us to change. I'm telling you, the Spirit of God in your life will make you more like Jesus. How many of you have had God talk to you and tell you not to say something? Don't say that, right? Tell them you're sorry. Straighten that up. It's time to get rid of that habit. It's time to time to. Come on, it's time to serve in church. I like that. Holy Spirit's saying that to a lot of you right now. Right? Spirit of God's making us more Christ-like every day. If we give our lives to him, he begins to come and make us more Christ-like. Last thing I'll say about the Spirit of God is it makes us naturally supernatural. Makes you naturally supernatural. Why? Once you have the Holy Spirit moving in your life, you've learned to hear his voice you don't have to wander around in the darkness anymore. You have to be like the world that doesn't know what to do. Come on, if you got the Spirit of God on the inside of you, you have everything you need to know what to do. A lot of people are freaked out. They're saying, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. What I say is I know what to do. Why? Because the Spirit of God on the inside will show me what to do. Is anybody thankful that you have a supernatural guide in the Holy Spirit? I'm so thankful. I, th- I think about the times. Man, the Spirit of God spoke to me. Getting ready to sign, sign on to something. It was the wrong decision. I'm talking pen and paper, documents in front of me, getting ready to sign on to something. Wrong decision. Spirit of God speaks to me, says, don't sign that. Put the pen down. Look up at the people. I'm sorry I can't sign that. You don't know why at the time, but God reveals it to you over the next whatever year. Think about the time the Spirit of God spoke to me and said, slow down. You get around the corner and there's a car wreck. How many of you have had experiences like that where God was obviously leading you, guiding you, right? What's that? That's the power of God. It's making you naturally supernatural. You hang around the Spirit of God long enough when there's sick people around you, you'll start praying for them. If you pray for them, God will start touching them, right? Healing them, changing them. You become naturally Supernatural. That's why we need the baptism in the Holy Spirit. It's why we still need the power of Pentecost. It's why we don't need a dead church. It's why we don't just need the Father and the Son, but come on, we need the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. We need the power of God in our midst. We need a revival in our churches. We need an awakening in our nation. Come on, we need to touch the world. How are we gonna do that? The Holy Spirit. How? The Holy Spirit. That's how you do it. The Holy Spirit wants to come and minister to you right now. He's here. Would you stand up on your feet with me at every campus? Stand up on your feet. Now I'm gonna pray for all of us, and then then I'm gonna I'm gonna turn the other campuses to your campus pastors. Here's what I want you to do at every campus. I want you to close your eyes. I want you to lift a hand to heaven. We're gonna pray. And I'll tell you what, we're gonna pray, and God's gonna move in your midst. He's gonna move in your midst. Spirit of God, it's gonna fall fresh. We declare it. We declare revival's coming to his church. It's not coming, it's here, it's here, it's here. The Spirit of God is here. God's gonna use us. Right now, Father, I pray for the power of God. We we declare that we're hungry for the Holy Spirit. We're hungry for more of him in our midst in our life. He is moving, he is leading, he is guiding. Lord, let a supernatural revival fall in this church, in his church, in our lives, in our houses, in our families, in our relationship. We believe you for the power of the living God. Right now, i loose that power into our midst. Bring the expectation up. All the other campuses next week, I'm telling you, There's going to be an explosion of the power of God. You're going to be baptized in the Holy Spirit and in power. Many of you will receive a a new way to pray. This next week, I declare it in Jesus' name. Lord, let the power of God fall. Come on, let's give God one more hand clap today.